welcome back to the DCL Duo podcast. Thanks for listening. Sam and I are so excited to have you join us on our Disney adventures. If you like the podcast and want to support us, please be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast service. We're available on most major providers, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. Please also be sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Reviews help people who might be interested in listening to our podcast find us more easily, and they also help you, our listeners, as we're able to get even more great Disney guests to come on the show. We'll also shamelessly read new reviews on the air at the beginning of each show so you too can be part of the DCL Duo podcast. If you'd like to connect with us and our podcast community, also be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at DCL Duo, or join our Facebook group for the DCL Duo vlog and podcast. Speaking of our vlog, you'll also find video content from us on our YouTube channel at DCL Duo. Again, thanks for listening, and now, on to the show. Well, before we get started with this week's show, we just had a couple of uh, announcements. The first is that we have another five-star Apple Podcast review that we wanted to read on the air. It comes from Lost Coin Rewards, who writes, Very well done and informative. Love your podcast. Your love of all things Disney is amazing and understandable. Very professionally done. Best of luck and continued success. Well, thanks so much for the feedback. Uh, It really keeps us motivated to keep putting the podcast out there, knowing that folks are listening to it and loving it. So... Uh, we'll keep making them. Um, our second announcement tonight is, look, we just want to acknowledge it's, it's hard being cooped up at home uh, during this quarantine period. And um, I know our family is doing the best we can, being together at home, working from home, trying to homeschool our son. And we know not everyone is as lucky as we are, by the way, to, to sort of have jobs that they can be doing from, from home. So don't want to be heard as complaining by any means. Um, we're safe and we're healthy, and that's sort of the best we can do. But we've been trying to find a little, you know, ways to have a little bit of magic in her own house, um, you know, bring a little bit of that spirit of Disney magic. And recently I signed up to do the Run Disney virtual race series, but that race series sold out in like, I want to say a few hours at best. And so talking to Steve over at the DCL podcast, and he had a great idea that we to throw our hat in and support, which is to try to bring together a few of the Disney podcasts and vlogs out there in the community to host a virtual race. And so we did some back and forth and we landed on putting out what we're calling the quarantine key 5k is a little nod to the castaway key 5k and we want this to be a super inclusive and fun event so by no means are we going to give out prizes for the fastest runners or anything of that nature this is just meant to be a way to get people motivated to get outside get a little fresh air and just move so you can run it you can walk it if you want to sit in a lawn chair in your front lawn and just enjoy you know some fresh air we'll take it if you just want to take a few extra laps around your house or between your couch and the refrigerator will take it. The goal here is just to have some fun, be inclusive. What we'd like to do is have folks post pictures of themselves participating in our quarantine key 5k. We're going to hold it over Memorial Day weekend. So, you know, if you do want to run or walk it, you can do it all at once. You can do it over the three-day weekend. You can a mile at a time. You can do it on a treadmill if you want. You can uh, ride your bike for three miles if that's what you, you want to do. Or like I said, if you want to sit in a lawn chair and just enjoy the fresh air and take some pictures of your, of your family enjoying uh, each other's company, that's great as well. All we're asking folks to do is to take a photo 
photo. Tag our podcast in the photo and use the hashtag QuarantineKey5K. Now we're spelling quarantine a little bit differently. Just a little play on the CastawayKey5K. We're spelling quarantine with a C. And I'll put all this information in the show notes, but uh, we're spelling it C-U-A-R-A-N-T-I-N-E-C-A-Y-5K. Post a picture of yourself kind of enjoying the enjoying the day, enjoying the weekend, maybe out there running or after your run or after your walk. Use the hashtag QuarantineKey5K. Tag the DCL Duo podcast uh, in the photo. Feel free to go ahead and tag the other podcasts and vlogs that are involved. If you post it to Twitter or Instagram or our Facebook page for the DCL Duo, Uh, We'll be sure to keep track of the photos and the hashtags. And my intent is to send out just a small prize to one lucky person drawn at random who took their photo and used the hashtag and tagged us either on our Facebook page, on Instagram, or on Twitter. So again, we just want people to have fun with it. Take a photo, use the hashtag, tag the participating podcasts, tag our podcast specifically if you're interested in kind of being put into our drawing for some sort of prize. And um, I'll announce sort of what we're thinking in terms of prize uh, in a later show, but we will pull something together from our podcast. So yeah, so get out there and have some fun. I want to highlight the participating podcasts and vlogs here are the DCL podcast that Steve runs and has been, uh, he and his team have been a guest on our show before. Our podcast, the DCL duo, Mouse Gen, Disney Deciphered, Podcast Stardust, and uh, also one of my other favorites, Rope Drop Radio. Uh, Derek and Doug. Great to see this community coming together to sponsor this kind of fun event, try to bring a little Disney magic to everyone in a time when it's maybe a little bit harder to find. If you haven't listened to these shows, give them a give them a listen. They're really well done. Lots of great content, lots of great creators, lots of really just positive people out there in the community. So want to show them our support. But like I said, have fun with this. Take a photo. Use the hashtag. Tag our podcast. Throw it up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. We'll grab those down. We'll do a randomized drawing, and uh, we'll pull a little something together for you from the DCL duo and, uh, and send it off after Memorial Day weekend once we've identified a winner, maybe even two. So anyway, uh, have fun with it, and I hope you get out there and get moving. Now, on to our show. All right, welcome back to the DCL Duo podcast. This evening, we have a special guest with us, Shira, who is a Disney travel concierge from New York, and we want to welcome Shira to the show. Shira? Hi! Really great to have you on the show tonight. We're going to be talking a little bit about using a, a Disney travel concierge or a Disney travel planner to book your Disney vacation. Before we sort of dive into the topic, it'd be great. Sure. Do you want to share with folks kind of your Disney background? Sure. I've pretty much been traveling to Disney World my entire life. My first trip, I was two years old. It was 1981. So Oh, wow. Dating myself. (laughs) And we were that family that like went to Disney like at least once a year, sometimes more, Uh, which was, uh, you know, back in the 80s was like kind of unheard of. Mm -hmm. You know, people made like one trip, you know, the the parks weren't as big. There was only a handful of hotels. But, you know, we went every year, sometimes twice a year. Every time a new hotel opened, you know, we were like running to stay at it. Yeah, I've always been traveling to Walt Disney World. You know, we when we went out to California, we went to Disneyland, a trip to, um, you know, London and Paris. We had to go to Disneyland Paris. Of course. <laughs> I mean, if so, you're in Paris, you can't miss yeah, Disneyland Paris. So, it was it was it was Euro Disney back then. And right. so yeah, so my whole life when I had kids, I started taking them to Disney and took them to Disney more. I've I've lost count. 
(laughs) (laughs) So tell us, how did you become a Disney vacation concierge? Right. So I'm actually, I'm not, I'm not a Disney vacation concierge. I am a, I'm a vacation concierge or travel concierge that specializes in Disney vacation. There is a big distinction. I, I do not work for Disney. I'm an attorney and practice law in Manhattan for for many years. When I had my kids, I left my job. And we, you know, we started taking Disney trips, you know, a couple times a year. I would plan everything out. When some of my friends wanted to go to Disney, I was the person that they came to. It was right before my my twins, who are um, almost nine now. They were about to go to kindergarten. And one of my friends said to me one day, we were, you know, talking about she wanted to plan a Disney trip. And she's like, you need to find some way to get paid for what you do. I wasn't yeah. working. I was, I was home with I was home with kids who are now all going to be in school full time. So so I did. I I found a way to you know turn my love of Disney and my love of planning vacations into into a career. That's awesome. Is there any training that you had to undergo uh, to become a travel concierge that specializes in Disney vacations? Or is it based on all of the experience you've had going to the parks over your the course of your lifetime? So uh, I, I'm with a company called Ears of Experience, and it's the company specializes in Disney vacations. And so I did, I interviewed with the owner and went over my background. And then she has her own set of training that she makes, you know, everyone go through. And then Disney does have their own set of training that they require you to go through also. It sounds like you do planning for Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line. Yep. I, I think you also do um, Universal. Are we hitting sort of all the major ones or are there, are there other places? I work anything Disney. So Walt Disney World, Disneyland. Disney Cruise Line, Adventures by Disney, oh. um, Olani, and uh, Disneyland Paris. I book and plan for all of those. The The Asian parks are not actually owned by Walt Disney. They're all locally owned. So those I can't, unfortunately, cannot work with. Gotcha. And then, yep, I work with uh, Universal in Orlando and Universal Hollywood. And, you know, a few, a few other things. Um, 95% of my business is some sort of Disney destination. Do you have a favorite kind of Disney vacation you like to plan for folks? Uh, parks, cruises, Land adventures and by sea. Disney? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I got into this because of Walt Disney World. So that's definitely, you know, like my heart and specialty. But I do actually love the cruise line. Yeah, so, I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> yeah, it's, I, you know, I, I definitely truly believe in the product that they offer. It's an incredible experience. So anything Disney. I actually happen to love Disneyland also. Disneyland is one of our favorites. I mean, we're on the West Coast, so it's really easy for us to go down there pretty often. So that's that's definitely on our, our favorites list. What, what kind of things do you do for your clients in terms of their planning? And, you know, what kinds of things should people be thinking about? Why don't we start with maybe a, a vacation to Disney World? And then maybe we can talk through how is that different from kind of the other kinds of vacations that that people might be interested in. But Disney World, what kinds of things would you talk your clients through about planning that kind of a vacation? What kinds of things do you do for them? Sure. I like to tell my clients that I can help them with pretty much everything. The only thing I try not to get involved with is airfare, but Mm -hmm. literally the entire rest of the process. So sometimes clients contact me, they know exactly where they want to stay. Oftentimes they contact me and literally they just say, I want to take my kids to Disney World. 
And that's it. And they have and they have no idea. So I try to get on the phone with everybody and get a sense of what they need, what their budget is, mm-hmm. you know, what they look for. Like, can they all fit in one room or are they okay with staying in one room? You know, I definitely get clients who say, you know, I can't sleep in the same room as my children. So that those <laughs> sorts of information. So I can get a sense of what they're going to need and want. Mm-hmm. And so then I narrow down, you know, there's so many resort choices. So I try oh, to, yeah. you know, narrow it down for for my clients based on, you know, the information they've told me. So I send a quote and it's more than just a quote. It's an, you know, an email with pictures and videos and descriptions to get them a sense of different options that they have. Yeah. And then, you know, you know, a phone or converse by email and try to help them find their, their home away from home while they're at Walt Disney World. What do you find to be the sort of the biggest considerations when folks are picking a resort? I mean, to- yeah, is it theming? Is it price? Is it location? Yeah. What are the things that people want? Yeah, I, you know, it definitely depends on the client. Some, some clients, it's definitely location. They want to be on that monorail. Some clients, it's price. You know, they only want to spend so much money on their vacation, which is totally fine. I, I work with everybody, no matter what their budget is. Mm-hmm. And some people really don't know. Some people, you know, they want the space. Some oh, right. Want, bigger rooms. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bigger rooms. Some people, it's all about the pool. So it really oh, varies. Yeah. Pool, pool can be really important, especially with young kids who might not make it through the full day at the parks. Yeah. Exactly. So it really does vary. Now, when you're booking, I I assume most of the clients are families, but do you ever occasionally get the adults only clients? I do occasionally. Yeah, for sure. Like I would say probably like 99% of my clients are are families, but I've had had quite a few adult only clients. What are the hidden gems? Like, I'm guessing that a lot of people who haven't been down to Disney World before will come to you and say, I got to stay at the Polynesian, right? Then you start to talk them through kind of some of the considerations for that or, you know, whatever it is, whatever major resort it is. I'm assuming it's, you know, sometimes you're steering people to places that they may not have really heard of or experienced before. What are some of those like hidden gems that, that you found down there that people may not always be thinking about? I would say one of them is definitely the Wilderness Lodge. A mm-hmm. lot of people overlook the Wilderness Lodge. And I, I don't know why. It is the most gorgeous Walt Disney World resort. Yeah, we uh, one of our friends says the same thing. And it's the I, we know it's the same designer who designed the Grand Californian. Yes. And it's the, we haven't been to the Wilderness Lodge ourselves, but we've heard that the sort of that lobby is grand, like the Grand Californian. And it's just really, we've heard amazing things about it. I've stayed at both resorts and they are, the design is very, very similar. They, you can definitely see um, the influences and, you know, especially they both have somewhat similar feeling, you know, theming. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Wilderness Lodge is, is modeled after uh, national parks, of, mm-hmm. of, you know, most of which are, you know, out west, the Yosemites and, and those types of places. Mm-hmm. So it definitely has a very similar feel to the Grand Californian. And it's beautiful. You're really minutes from the Magic Kingdom. There are places where you can see the fireworks from it. And it really just, it feels like you're away from it all. It yeah. just it just, it's such a nice resort. It's such a nice place to come back to. There are some wonderful food options. It has a really nice pool area. It's, it's really just nice recreations. You can, you know, you can walk over to the Fort Wilderness and all those sort of activities there. Oh yeah. They've got this playgrounds and they've got the, um, what's the, the, the show, the, the show and dinner thing. The hoop-de-doo. Yeah. We we did that. it's Which so is a fun. favorite. Yeah, it's a favorite of mine. So I, I I love the Wilderness Lodge. It's not 
one that often people come to me and say, I want to stay there. It's, oh. it's, it's a little bit off people's radars. What about, what uh, about, what about the moderate category? Yeah. So I was, I was, yeah. Yep, I was definitely going to get to that. So two, one is Port Orleans French quarter. I'm staying there hopefully in November. <laughs> <laughs> He's going for the, uh, the, What's wine and dine. The wine and dine. Okay, yeah. you'll you're gonna you're gonna love it. Um, it, it's you know what I like about it. It's small, so it does not have all the amenities that say it's like sister resort. The the Port Orleans Riverside has, mm-hmm. but it's it's very compact, so it's not a lot of walking. It's very easy. It actually has a very centralized location. You're minutes from Epcot and Hollywood Studios. And Magic Kingdom is really not very far away either. You're really just on the other side of Fort Williams. So it's a really, it's really convenient. The hotel is, is, it's got a nice charm to it. It's got a fun pool area. My, my kids love that pool area. They have a big water play structure for the little ones. Even, even my like 10 year old liked it. Oh, and yeah. Now I'm wanting to go there. I'm wanting to go to both of these places. (laughs) A lot of the model resorts are very large and they get, you know, very, there's a lot of people and this is just, it's not. And so it's got a nice food court where they serve Mickey beignets, which are, so if you had, if you, yeah. So if you've had them at Disneyland, they're, they're basically the same at, at Port Orleans French quarter. They even have them, you know, with the seasonal toppings. So, so yeah, we love them at Disneyland. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. It's also one that a lot of people like kind of overlook. And it's a it's a great resort if you're not looking to, you know, break the bank. You know, I think where to stay is a big discussion point for the vacation. I'm wondering what what are the considerations that you tell clients around when to go? I mean, a lot of it, I guess, is driven by school schedules and other things. So people are sort of at the mercy of those. But if someone's sort of coming to you and saying, I'm willing to pull my kids out of school, how do you sort of talk them through the best times to go? Yeah, I mean, it definitely depends on, you know, schedules. And you know, I like to tell people, like, I'm going to make it so it doesn't really matter when you go. Mm-hmm. So even if it's, like, you know, Christmas week, the, you know, basically the busiest week of the year, I'm, I'm going to make it so that you're going to have a good time mm-hmm. and that you're going to see a lot. And But I try to get a sense of, you know, do you want to be able to use the pool? You know, Orlando is in central Florida and using a pool is a priority for you. Going in January or February may not be the best choice because right. it's a little can too be, cool sometimes I mean, it depends but it, i tell all of my january and february clients who you know want to plan a pool day that i said it, it's not guaranteed mm-hmm. right you know I, I i've been in especially february many many times and sometimes it's 85 degrees and it's great and you can use the pool i've mm-hmm. also walked around in a winter coat <laughs> <laughs> so on the other hand you know summer summer can be a great time to go crowds sometimes are it's probably the quietest season overall mm-hmm. at Walt Disney World but it's also very hot yeah so you know if you can't if you have a hard time with heat or humidity summer may not be your best option so it depends I you know I have clients that travel all year round so I think those of us sort of experience with Disney World know kind of the what I'll call the tick-tock of planning and you know 180 days, you got to be up at an ungodly hour here on the West Coast, by the way, (laughs) to get your dining reservations. I actually 
uh, I have a trip in June, you know, uh, hopefully that will still happen. Uh, and I got a text message from the folks I'm going with this morning reminding me that it was fast pass booking and I was already an hour behind on the West coast. So, you know, that Disney TikTok, the planning, there's a lot right. of planning that goes into yes. a Walt Disney world vacation. I'm assuming that one of the, one of the values value adds that you bring is maybe doing some of that planning or at least helping people understand how to do that planning. What, can you talk us through that a little bit? Yeah. So this is definitely something definitely help with is, you know, I, I get up at that ungodly hour <laughs> and it's not as bad for me in New York, but it's 6am dining reservation time. It's, it's still early. So yeah, I, I'm the one like setting my alarm and uh, getting up and booking those for my clients. And how do you you help them figure out where to eat? I mean, it's so we always struggle with the fact that it's so far in advance that you're booking dining. You haven't even decided necessarily what parks you're going to. I guess you have to at that point, figure out what parks you're going to. And then that obviously is going to impact your fast pass booking that you're going to have later on. How do you sort of guide your clients through that? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So that's definitely something I, I help my clients with. And and sometimes I have clients who come to me and they know exactly where they want to eat. And that's, that's totally fine. But most of the time they don't. And even and usually when they come to me with things, it's usually like the places that their friends have all told them about right. maybe once. So I try to help them expand their, their horizons to maybe suggest some other places. But uh, so things I ask are, you know, the food you like. So if someone tells me that they, you know, hate sushi i'm not going to send them to like you know tokyo dining right Epcot. so i you know i'll ask them about food preferences i've definitely had some clients where you know their dining choices are dictated by you know what their kids will eat mm-hmm. so yeah. i'll ask about allergies you know are there any characters you want to meet you know mm-hmm. what meal what meals do you prefer to eat at that, those sorts of questions and what i will do then is i I put together a plan for my clients with suggestions. So I'll usually give a couple of different suggestions for each day with the menus and a description of the restaurant. Yeah. I mean, I assume some of this too is, is there's probably a different discussion that you're having with the family that this is their once in a lifetime kind of trip with the family versus the folks who might go down Every more year. often or yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah where you know you getting that be our guest reservation at uh, magic kingdom for lunch or dinner depending might be a little bit more important than for somebody who goes down a lot who says no send me to someplace new right yeah exactly no i'm my my clients who have who are you know repeats who have been before they're usually looking for different types of restaurants uh, my clients with older kids are looking for different types of restaurants so you know if their kids are maybe you know closer to like middle school age you know they're not looking necessarily for like the character meals and stuff like that they're not going to crystal palace to meet winnie the pooh and friends (laughs) um, it it depends i mean you know my my kids are are hitting middle school age and we love crystal palace that's actually our one place that we go to almost every trip so. Yeah, we love it too. Like we have, I mean, we have a kindergartner, but like Brian and I love it ourselves. I mean, I don't know that we would go without him, but. <laughs> what, and what kind of, I mean, I guess the other question would be, so now, I mean, you've got your, you've got your hotel, your dining, your fast passes are all lined up. You're new to Disney world. Uh, you get there, you're kind of probably in awe, a little shell shocked, but you're in the nice, comfortable Disney bubble surrounded by Mickey bars. And how you sort of talk your clients through what a day in the life at Disney will look like for them or should look like for them, especially I think with all this new stuff going on around the 
around the parks and opening up sort of what, how, how do you sort of walk them through what that experience is going to be like and the things they need to be thinking about, you know, rope drop or not right. pool in the afternoon or not. Yeah. Right. So, well, first of all, all of my clients have my cell phone number and they're all, <laughs> yeah. they're, they are all told to call me or text me when they're traveling, if they need anything. And it could be whether they just need to know where to find something occasionally an issue um, you know, sometimes, or, you know, if they need help canceling dining reservations or making new ones, or, you know, I've, you know, sometimes I'll get calls from clients, somebody's sick. So and I tell them anything at all, please call or text, not, not to email, to call or text this way I see it right away. Mm-hmm. And second, my clients all get before they travel from me. And in that, in that packet is a customized itinerary. So it lists oh, all nice. their dining. Yeah. So it lists, you know, all their dining reservations, their hotel reservation info, their fast pass info, info on how to, you know, change a fast pass, cancel a dining reservation. Um, they have park map. They have lots of tips and tricks, some games to play while they're waiting online. And oh yeah, have, nice. And then they have park plans. Runs them through basically in order. This is what years of experience is famous for. And it's been optimized to help them hopefully spend a little bit less time online and more time having fun. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah, great. That's a, that's a, so, that's a great, yeah. You're, you're, that's you're, a great perk. I'm the one in our family who drives the Train. planning, well, the planning <laughs> right. for the, for the parks. And I've always resisted sort of leveraging a travel planner part because I, I sort of feel like I'm giving up that control, but you're starting, well, but, you, but I'll say you're starting to convince me that maybe I should have given up control. You don't have to give up control. That's the thing is I work with people obviously who've never been, who don't know anything, but I definitely have clients who go every year, sometimes go more than once a year and they know exactly what they want. They're still, you know, value in using me and they don't have to give up control and that's the thing is you know you can do as much or as little of a planning as you want i mean assume right now one of the the sort of the big perks is that if people are sort of worried or need to make changes to their vacation it, it's much easier to sort of send you a text or shoot you an email yep. and have you do that legwork for <laughs> yes. them than i mean i've sat Absolutely. on hold i've sat on hold and it's the whole music is lovely but uh, yeah just for <laughs> just for our listeners for context we are right now in we're recording this podcast in early april of 2020 and so we are in the middle of the covid-19 pandemic so everything is right. closed right now but people are having what Brian's pointing to is people are having to rebook their vacations or cancel their vacations. But even but even outside the COVID experience, let me put it in a sure. different way, is just if something goes wrong, you've got someone, you can sort of spend the time not absolutely. having to deal with Disney, right? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. For sure. I mean, for now, yes, I'm the one taking care of all of my clients, you know, changes. And, you know, I'm the one who has sat on hold for them. So they basically send me an email or, you know, gave me a quick call, you know, Hey, we wanted some people, you know, canceled for right now or changed or whatever. And I'm the one who is, who is taking care of everything for them. Occasionally I do have clients who they, they get to, you know, their resort and there's, there's issues happens mm-hmm. and I'm the one who's taking care of it. So they'll go, they go off and they have their fun and they get to enjoy their vacation. And I'm the one dealing with the resort for them you know, trying to make everything magical because that's, 
that's the goal is that everyone has a magical time. <laughs> well, and I think we've I think we've skipped over one of the, the the biggest sort of things that we probably ought to ought to hit on, which is unlike a sort of a just a just a travel, a general travel agent, which like we used years ago when we were we were taking a trip to Italy, we used a travel agent to sort of book everything. Mm-hmm. But there was a fee for that. And my my understanding is for a lot of the Disney sort of travel planning, right? You're not people aren't paying yes. you a fee. Yes. So yeah, basically most of my clients do not pay anything extra for my services. Mm-hmm. So Dis- Disney does build in commissions to their into their prices. And this is whether you book with me or you book on your own on, you know, say DisneyWorld.com or DisneyCruise.com or Disneyland.com. The the prices are exactly the same. Mm-hmm. So there's a commission mm-hmm. built into that. And yeah, so so Disney pays me. Um, I do have a small number of clients who, for whatever reason, you know, they they book on their own. A lot of DVC clients. I do have a small handful of DVC clients. Right. Who, right. Because they're booking their hotel themselves, right? Right. So they're booking using their points with Disney. And so I will offer my same plan. I'm obviously not booking their hotel for them, but they will pay me for my planning services. Gotcha. So you'll book their, you help them plan their trip, uh, their, their um, transportation, their fast passes, their dining, all that kind of the same services. And they, yep. They, so, yep. I'll help them plan all that kind of stuff. They still get my you know, same packet of tips. Um, you know, there's there's a few things can't help them with because you know they haven't booked for me. So obviously, they have an issue with the with the resort. Right. Um, then they have to do that through DVC themselves. Well, exactly. I'm assuming too, yeah, because because non-member can't handle the member's account generally. But yeah, right. I, I assume like like if you need a dining plan, that's something you have to handle through yeah, so, member yeah, services. Exactly. But, yeah, 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 exactly. So there's certain things, you know, I can't handle, but I'll get up and, you know, book the dining reservations and help them come up. And I I definitely have a handful of clients like that. You know, I have ones that I book every year for. They're they're experts. They know all the restaurants, but you know, <laughs> they're maybe there once a year. You know, I'm mm-hmm. usually there more than once a year, and I'm also just right. I'm always on top of everything that's new and going on. Right. So like, can say like, hey, this is this is new. Why don't you check this out? That's a good point. Even for experienced Disney people, they're not reading the blogs and paying attention to what's new at the park. It is really helpful to have someone like you tell them, oh, right before your vacation, you know, Galaxy's Edge opens, or yeah. or some, you know, yeah, or no, some, absolutely. yeah, or something else like that and help with uh, with those kinds of bookings things change especially at Walt Disney World daily mm-hmm. so I you know and I'm keeping on, on top of this you know I know for example recently one of the big changes was to allow the fast passes at Hollywood Studios they were changing there's you know been a couple of new attractions that have opened and it basically changed things a lot mm-hmm. and so even if you had been three or four months before it was totally different now and mm-hmm. if you're not keeping on top, you're not, you know, you're not going to know. So those are the types of things I can definitely help anybody keep track of. Can you tell us what the difference is between using sort of a concierge planner versus using like one of these, like, I don't know, I'll use Costco or BJ's or something like that as an example, but one of the, I'll call those a corporate sort of planning entity versus someone like you, who, yes, you work for years of experience, but they're an independent travel planner. The biggest difference is the personalized service. You know, my clients know when they pick up the phone and they dial my number that they're going to get me, mm-hmm. or, you know, or they send an email, they know it's coming straight to me. And they're getting personalized service. Some places like corporate types of places, you're you're not getting personalized service. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're getting 
you know, whoever answers the phone in their travel department. So every single time you call, you're going to get somebody different. Yeah. And, you know, especially in this environment where fortunately everything is closed right now, people have really noticed that difference in getting that personalized service. There's been articles written about people who book their vacations through one of these more corporate services and they're sitting on hold for hours on end just to get through that corporate service. It sort of highlights something, which is that I think th- that there is an aspect of this that if you do use kind of a uh, travel concierge, independent travel planner, you do sort of lose, I know lose control is the wrong word, but you lose the ability to do certain things with your reservation on your own. And it might be helpful just like, what are those types of things that you you can't just call Disney up directly any longer to handle? Right. So um, things like basically if you need to cancel or modify any changes basically to your reservation, mm-hmm. do you have to go through the quote agent on record? So they do have to go through through me. Mm-hmm. Which is fine, which is great because call me and then I sit on hold. <laughs> so and and payments too. How does it work with sort of fast passes when you're in the parks with using like the app, for example, right? Like let's presume somebody wants to make a change to a fast pass or they've used their three and now they want to make another fast pass. Can they just can your client yep. still do that from their phone? Oh yeah. yeah, everyone. Yeah, that that does not change. So yeah, yeah, everyone still has their own, you know, my Disney Experience account, and they can they can make all their their changes on their own when they're in the park. I do encourage them to do themselves. Right. They obviously can do it more quickly than I can. If someone needs help, be there to help them out. But yeah, right. They, you could be on the phone walking them through the steps, but yes. it's easier for them. Yeah, on their phone. It's- I have heard some people who long for the Disney hold music, but <laughs> I certainly think right now it's probably not a favorite pastime of people. Let's shift gears for a second. Maybe I assume wrongly that planning a vacation to Walt Disney World is probably on the more complex spectrum for planning a Disney vacation. And that's also sort of informed by our experience going to Disneyland, which feels a little bit more relaxed from a vacation planning standpoint. But am I I right? Walt Disney World is probably from a planning out stage the most complex. It definitely has the most things that have to be planned in advance. So yes, for sure. What are some of the things to think through? I mean, you mentioned you do planning for Disneyland, DCL, it sounds like uh, ABD, DCL and Disneyland, like what's sort of the considerations there for folks? Yeah, so I mean, planning a Disneyland vacation, it's going to be somewhat similar to Walt Disney World. Not as much that has to be planned in advance because you don't have to plan fast passes in advance, but there is still some planning in advance. So I help with that. I help with the dining reservations and then clients all get the same customized itinerary and, and mm-hmm. packet and park plans and tips right. and that sort of and, stuff and so, you help and you help with the selecting of the resort although obviously the pool yeah. of resorts to choose from is much smaller well in yeah, some ways well, yeah in so, some ways no because they've got offsite at disneyland i can actually i book at the, the neighbor hotels which are non-disney resorts that disney has kind of said we approve of them disneyland in some ways has almost as much complexity on the resort front because you've got all of the hotels the kind of ringing the property. Yeah. 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 But it's, it is less from a dining. I mean, we, we just did a show on Disneyland versus Disney world and we were, you know, the fast pass is a lot less complex yeah. dining, dining even. I mean, you have to, you can do it at 60 days, but since the park is mostly local, is not a lot of people make the reservations that far out. Right. And so you can generally find some decent dining. Yeah. You know, my clients do get do get tips on how to like you know maximize the the fast pass and max pass system there. So they're, yeah. oh they're yeah, still 
maybe not advanced planning, but ways where having sort of some expert advice is very helpful. Oh, yeah. You can sort of max, you can absolutely, um, there's tips and tricks, I'm sure, to maximizing the number of max passes you can get and yep. when when to go for your radiator springs racers, fast pass, all that absolutely. kind of stuff. Yep, yeah, absolutely. a lot of strategizing that you yep. can do there. Well, on the cruise line, I assume the complexity gets added not from the sort of range of activities that you're going to book in advance because it's really just, it's port adventures and adult dining and, and maybe right. uh, like spa treatments, but a lot of people wait to book those until they get on board. It, the complexity, I would guess, comes from the fact that you've got the different castaway club levels and what that means for the availability of some of those things. How do you sort of talk your talk your clients through that? Because we've done some cruises now where we can see the nail biting that's going on in some of the cruise forums on Facebook, yes. you know, around, Oh my God, all the port adventures are going to be gone. Yeah. Oh, I can't get Paulo brunch. Or... <laughs> no, for sure. So I definitely do. I do help with the cruise bookings, the booking, the port adventures and all the onboard activities, which for my East coast clients is a huge deal staying up to midnight for them and, and booking them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's easier um, for us over here. Yeah, at 9 PM for us. The here. one place we win. <laughs> yes. I, you know, I, and I definitely have a sense because I am booking these things all the time of for my first time clients, depending on, on the itinerary, like for certain, you know, activities or port adventures that I'm going to be like, you know what, give me a backup. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. We were on the 11 uh, night Southern Caribbean this past summer and or last summer and we were gold, but actually one of our friends was traveling with us who was platinum. And so we were able to take advantage of the platinum booking. No, we up. weren't gold on that cruise. We were still oh, that's silver. Right. We were still that silver. was the cruise that, that cruise made us gold. That's right. <laughs> so we, we were able to take advantage of that platinum booking window. And if we had not, we would not have gotten probably about half of our port adventures and we would have not gotten the adult dining reservations that we wanted. And we saw people sort of lamenting that well, on the Facebook group. We, we may not have gotten the adult dining, right? Because that's the yes, other tip true. I think that probably, Jira, you help your clients sort of process is just because you didn't get it booking in, in advance. advance doesn't mean you yes. can't get it once you board the ship. You yes. just need to be thoughtful about it, right? So. Yeah, yeah, true. And I, I definitely give my clients all that sort of information about where, where to go to book some last minute port adventures, book that adult dining, get dining time changes, um, right. all that sort of stuff. And, you know, a lot of the things that I help my clients with when booking a Disney Cruise Line vacation is actually selecting their stateroom. Oh, um, yeah. And I've sailed Disney Cruise Line, and it's great, and it's wonderful to be able to experience, you know, the ship, you know, a couple of days and see everything. But one thing you don't get to do when you're a guest is visit different types of staterooms. Yeah, really good point. A professional, I get to go, I've gotten on tours of the ship, where you get to see every type of stateroom. So it's very nice, even though when, when I sail, I like to get a veranda stateroom. Mm-hmm. I otherwise may not have seen what an inside stateroom looks like in an ocean view or even maybe a concierge stateroom. Mm-hmm. So when I get I get to go on trip tours and I get to see literally everything. So I've, I've toured all the different stateroom types. I've seen, you know, the nursery, even though my kids are way past nursery age. <laughs> see everything on the ship, everything it has to offer. Cannot replace the experience of actually sailing on one, but... It definitely gives different sort of expertise. We can sympathize. We go to the kids club open house, even if it's just the two of us cruising because we want to use the hand washing station. So uh, um... yeah, those, those hand washing <laughs> stay room stations are amazing. And I'm sure we'll start seeing those everywhere. 
That's what we're hoping. <laughs> so so the, the stateroom conversation is an interesting one for a second. Like, you know, th- there's, there is a lot of different types of staterooms. I think people sort of think about them simplistically as inside or veranda, yeah. you know, and concierge maybe as its own sort of category. But can you, can you talk through sort of like, what are some of the um, kind of maybe the hidden gems in terms of stateroom or, or at least the considerations that people ought to have as they think about it beyond price? Because that tends to be the differentiator is price. But, but if you've sort of got a band of price that you're willing to look at, sort of what are the, what are the things to think through? Yeah, I mean, one, a big thing is, is location. You know, a lot of people will look at price and they don't realize maybe where that stateroom is located. For example, like midship, you know, if you're sensitive to movement, you're going to feel a little bit less in a midship location versus maybe like the front of the ship, you know, the mm-hmm. forward or the, or the aft, the back of the ship. Mm-hmm. So th- these are the sorts of things that I help my clients with deciding. So, you know, and I help my, I do help my clients na- like navigate and find, finding, you know, a location that works for them, both, both their budget and just what they need to make sure they have comfortable stay. Well, and those, those stateroom categories are frankly, they're, they're one of the more confusing aspects of Very, cruising right. Disney because yeah. I mean, you've, I've seen a few that have like, they're, I think they're billed as inside staterooms, but they actually have a veranda. And how would you know that unless you stumbled yeah. upon it into a, cr- a cruise group or with, you know, or you did right. a deep dive onto the inner into Reddit yeah. or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that's, and, that, and those are the sorts of things that, that, that I know I can definitely help, you know, I definitely help in that respect. Yeah. I mean, and the other thing I've heard too, is you get people who don't realize, Oh, that stateroom is right under the pool deck and they're going to be restacked exactly. with chairs every yep. night morning yeah yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. right or so exactly so those are the types of things you know i'll tell people I, their, their budget is only something on like deck two okay well you're gonna be right you may be right below one of the dining rooms right so or if you're on deck five right by the kids clubs you're yep, kids exactly. past. yeah yep. so abd tell folks about that like what what's your what's your experience been with abd um who who might want to look at that as a as an option i mean it does strike me as a very expensive sort of disney vacation compared to what you might be able to do sort of apart from disney but i suspect that there's a value add proposition there what kind of considerations go into sort of an abd planning the, the nice thing about adventures by disney is that fairly all-inclusive. It, it pretty much includes all your activities, all your meals, all that kind of stuff. Where I can help is I helping select the itinerary. There is some booking involved. So where you get a choice of activities, like uh, Disney Cruise Line Vacation, they do have to be booked at a certain time. So right. I definitely ass- I, I assist with that. But I mean, the adventures by Disney, the, the value is in the experience. Yeah. And it, it really is a premium experience and the access that they're going to give you. So the a- the ABD tip to Italy, when they go visit the Sistine Chapel in, in Rome, you're not going to wait on that line to visit. They're going to get their own, <laughs> they get their own private like time. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So it's that sort of like access that you just, you can't get on your own. Yeah. What's your, what's your feedback been from clients who've come back from, and, and I guess just to clarify for, for everyone listening, it may not be familiar, ABD is Adventures by Disney. It's sort of the, I'll call it the Disney sort of international kind of travel, but they do do um, several kinds of uh, ABD adventures in the U.S. Yep. Um, but it's, it's, it is, it's an all-inclusive, you show up for a specific amount of, you know, days and nights, kind of like a cruise vacation, your activities are planned out. There's usually some amount of free time that you get, but you're sort of touring with a group. Um, and it's all over the world. It's all over it's the not world. Disney parks typically. Yeah. And you have a, you have no. two Disney, I think they're, I believe they're Disney cast members. They are not independent contractors, uh, but I don't know. 
So you will have you will have on your your adventures by Disney vacation. You will have two adventure guides right. who, and then you will have a a local guide. Mm-hmm. So 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 someone who, if it's a you know ABD to Italy, so an Italian who who's from the area. Mm-hmm. What what's been the feedback from clients oh, who've gone on these? Amazing! They are the most amazing amazing experience. Have, have you done one yourself yet? Not yet. They are they are guided vacations. And a lot of them do have age minimums and then kind of a recommended age. So especially your ones in Europe and stuff like that. So they're definitely, for the most part, I would say, geared to families with like slightly older children. All right. One more more question before we get to our rapid fire segment. International parks i know you said up front that you, you or i think you said even maybe it was before we were yes. talking you can't you can't do the plan for the asian parks um yes. but paris um what what's that uh what's that planning like um and you know what are the things that people you know should be thinking about it's very very similar to uh disneyland so as far as the, the way they work, it's extremely similar. So that's the same sort of thing. Um, I'll help with the hotels. So it's basically packages at, at Disneyland Paris. So I'll, I'll help book that, which is a challenge in itself because they work on European, you know, they work on... Oh, the Euro. No, well, no they, they work, work on European time. time. Oh, European time. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Gotcha. So like... Like on the East Coast, I ha- when, if I need to get in touch with them, I have to make sure I get in touch with them by midday. Right. Right. So five or six hours ahead or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So they, they work they work on, I believe it's, I believe they work on London time. Mm. So, so I definitely, you know, I help with that. I basically help with the same thing with all the, the dining. I'll help with the dining reservations, the same sort of park planning. It really is not much different. Than, do they do fast? Do they do max pass or fast pass or how do they? They don't have, it's not called Max Pass. They do have, they basically, it's very similar to Disneyland where they have the free Fast Pass system mm-hmm. and then they do have like a paid sort of Fast Pass system. Gotcha. Well, and all so. of their, it's probably called Pass Rapid or something. But, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. But they, yeah they, and, well, in Disney, Disneyland Paris, if I'm recalling correctly, when I looked at it, it they're all, it's sort of all packages, right? Like you're buying, you're getting yeah. a room, a dining plan and tickets. Like there's no, there's no breaking there's the package no up. Cart. Right. Yeah. And it's basically, it's priced that more cost effective to buy it all as a package than it is to sort of break up the components. Yeah. So yeah, basically whatever sort of like package they give you, that's usually like your best your best deal well the super just super interesting to hear about kind of your experience um across the different uh across the different products and the planning considerations we're going to move into our rapid fire so this is just questions for you because we just your personal this is your personal yeah and and there's there's no winners and losers in rapid fire um (laughs) this is your favorites yeah here we go these are your favorites disneyland or disney world (sighs) probably walt disney world all right. all right, that's fair. All right, now we're going to make it harder, though. Disney World or a Disney Cruise? Um, pro- probably still Walt Disney World. Walt Disney World okay. is my, still my, my, my original love. So. Yeah. I, I, I should throw this one in there. If you're going on a Disney, if you're going to do a Disney Cruise and a Disney World stay, before, do you do Disney World before or after? Oh, before. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we agree. <laughs> that's the one place I'll say that's the right answer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, favorite park. So specific park like Magic Kingdom, oh, Epcot. Disneyland Park. Easy, easy oh, question. Epcot. Epcot. 
Oh, oh nice. nice. One of my favorites. Uh, do you have a, a favorite land within any of the parks? I, li- I love the World Showcase. That's that's my favorite thing. In the- oh, yeah. F- favorite newer attraction? Favorite newer attraction. I mean, R- Rise of the Resistance is yeah. beyond ridiculous. It, yeah. it, it, it really blows the socks off of anything else. And I'm, and I'm not a thrill ride person at all. But okay. Oh, cool. Now, have you and have you had a chance? I'm assuming probably not. You've not had a chance to do Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway just yet. No. So I was there right before it opened. Oh. And at, yeah, like literally like three weeks before it opened, I was there. Uh-huh. And then obviously all everything hit. Yeah. So, but we are super excited about that one. Um, my kids love those the cartoons. So yes, oh, yes. our yes. son does yeah. too. He's obsessed with all the, the yeah. new cartoons. So hopefully as soon as everything blows over, you know, we'll get get down there. So, yeah, no, I have not written it. Favorite classic attraction? Oh, Haunted Mansion. Oh, nice. That's a good one. Do you you have a preference between Disneyland or Disney World for that ride? I mean, the the exterior at Disneyland is awesome. And the uh, overlay that they do for Halloween and Christmas is amazing. Favorite... uh, quick service restaurant and this could be at any park any park yeah um i really like uh the satuli canteen mm. in, uh, in pandora. pandora yeah it's amazing it's, so it's good. really good and i really like sunshine seasons and epcot has a huge variety oh yeah that's yeah. a good one too favorite sit-down restaurant i have a bunch so um i'll give you the ones that we eat at a lot so yeah, via via Napoli in the Italy Pavilion in Epcot. Nice P- pizza is just I, as I say, it is the only pizza at Walt Disney World that I will eat. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you live in New York, so you right. <laughs> so I, that's what I tell you. I'm like I'm from New York, born and bred. I know my pizza, and that's yeah. it's good pizza. And their other food is good too. So. Yeah. Their um, spaghetti meatballs is to die for. I say the same uh, thing about I say the same thing about Sam's recommendation of Palo aboard the ships. That the fact that she's saying that it's, it has good Italian food really carries some weight. Yeah. <laughs> so I do love that one. We really love um, also in Epcot uh, Hacienda de San Angel. Oh yes, is, just they're so good. Yes, so it's it's probably the lesser known of the two Mexican restaurants because it's not inside the pavilion. It's outside by the water, but it is a beautiful restaurant. The food is excellent. It has gorgeous views of the world showcase. So, mm-hmm. and they have a really big children's menu with a lot of like options, even for like picky eaters. And I would say for, for breakfast, Crystal Palace. We love, we yeah. love. Oh, yeah. 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 We do too. I actually, I think the the food there is better than most of the other um, character buffets. I think, and I mean, yeah. I love eating with Pooh and friends. So Although I really yeah. want to try. I really want to try Topolino's Terrace for the character breakfast. It's supposed True. to be the food is supposed to be good, and the breakfast experience is supposed to be. Yeah, great. it's a sit down breakfast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I have not, I have not eaten at that one yet. Hopefully, the next trip we'll get to that. I've heard, I've heard it's excellent. Similar is uh, Trattoria El Forno. The, the oh yeah, adventure breakfast there also is also a, a plated breakfast and it, it's also excellent. Yeah, 
I ate there um, when Brian was doing the marathon over marathon weekend. I took our son to that one at the boardwalk and we had our plated breakfast with uh, uh, Ariel and Eric and Rapunzel and Eugene. I like to call him Eugene, not Flynn Rider. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we loved it. It was a great, that was a great one. It's it's excellent also. So I I like that most, but um, yeah, we, we have a, we have a soft spot for Winnie the Pooh in our house. Uh, One of, one of my sons is like most cherished thing is a little like poo stuffed animal um, that he's been sleeping with since he's a baby. So we, we love Winnie the Pooh and it's an, it's a terrific, terrific breakfast. That was my childhood stuffed animals, Winnie the Pooh. So I have a special place for him. Yeah, for sure. Favorite park snack. Oh, uh, Dole Whip. Okay. Oh, nice. Yes, and the Virgin at Disneyland at the Tropical Hideaway, the 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 I don't know what the Loaded Whip I think is what they're Uh, calling it. Yeah, with with the rum. (laughs) So not with with not with the rum. So it has it's you can get it either just the plain old pineapple Dole Whip, or you can get it swirled with one of the other flavors, and it has Uh, like a tropical fruit salad and um, some like shaved chocolate and coconut on it, and. You cannot get it at Walt Disney World, and it's but it's delicious. Oh, so. awesome! But the pineapple upside down cake dollop at Walt Disney World is also really good. Oh, Anything, any like I'm gonna seek that any, one out. <laughs> oh, it's really good. Also, really, I, I might might have eaten it for breakfast a few times. <laughs> <laughs> but pretty much anything with dollop. Favorite resort? Mountain Beach Club for sure. I've stayed there more than I've stayed anywhere anywhere else. Yeah. Well, it might, for, it might foreshadow then the next question favorite pool? Storm along Bay, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love. It, yeah. it, nothing really compares to it. Favorite mode of Disney transportation? And here we're, we're saying monorail, bus, Skyliner, boat, or minivan. I love the monorail. They're, they're, you know, but classic. The, yeah. yeah, classic. The minivans are really awesome. And um, it's great. They, they play some Disney music for you and you know, you can't beat the, you know, door to door service. Yeah. The last time we were in one, we actually learned that they have like a, like they have a playlist for, I think it's every resort and every park. And so it's like, depending on where they're picking you up or dropping you off, they throw that playlist on. They sort of give you the vibe and the yeah, car. It's, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, no, they they really are. So they're, they're pretty nice. This one is um, <laughs> a little controversial. This is a little controversial. Magical Express, Magical Journey, or Tragical Journey? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Magical Express, I guess. So. <laughs> <laughs> We're big fans. We actually like the Magic Express, but yeah. yeah. It, yeah just might t- I- it just takes you a bit sometimes from the airport, depending upon which, which resort you're going to. Yeah. Uh, we, we don't mind it. I... I find because you don't have to go get your luggage. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort it's of like, yeah. Yeah. So like it sort of works out even if you're like one of the last stops, it sort of works out at the same as having to go get your luggage and then like wait for like an Uber or something to come. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't know, like my kids love, like they like watching like the video on it. So it mm-hmm. makes you, you know, it gets the Disney started right away. Yeah, I was gonna say you can't. It, it, I can't complain too loudly about it. It's free, and they take care of my luggage. Right? So you know, I mean, the the only the only service from Disney I've found that's more magical is the uh, luggage transfer from the Hyatt to the cruise line if you're going out of Port Canaveral, where you just leave your bags in your room at, and they come. He means get at, them. at the MCO at the airport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which is that one's a, that's one of those 
great ones that we've experienced when we're not when we're not going uh, to the parks and we're just going on a cruise. Yeah. Okay. Favorite. Um, switching gears. Favorite Disney Cruise Line ship. I like the Magic. Okay. Classic, classic ship. Yeah. Classic ship. Yeah. Uh, favorite rotational dining. Oh, I mean, you know, like Animator's Palace is yeah. so cool. That's my favorite. It's so unique. It it really the classic version of animators or the uh, like the turtle talk with crush version. They're both great. They're both great, okay. and they're both so Disney. Um, I have not been on the Wonder, so but I hear Tiana's place is amazing. So yeah, yeah. so we have That's not been Ryan's on Ryan's favorite. Yeah, we, we haven't been on the Magic. We haven't been on the Magic yet. We're supposed to do that in September, maybe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Oh, so they yeah. have they have the the Rapunzel restaurant, which yes, I'm really looking forward to. That. Yeah, it's it's very cool. It's I don't think it's quite as over the top as, yeah. as Tiana's place. Okay, so I don't know if you've experienced Paolo and Remy, um, but if you have, favorite adult restaurant on the ship? I have not. I was supposed to be eating at Paolo. Like, they're uh, cool. <laughs> <Okay>. Well, if <laughs> you get a chance, if you Paolo brunch or Paolo dinner. We were supposed to go for dinner. Uh, yeah, we were supposed to be on the ship next week. It was my birthday, uh, and we were going to go to Paolo, and... Um, yeah, we, we're not, we're not, we're generally not big on leaving our kids where we're on vacation. Mm-hmm. So, usually. well, if you just, de- if you decide to do otherwise, we will give you all of our recommendations on so, Paulo brunch versus Paulo dinner, or you can listen to our dining episode where we talk <laughs> a lot about it. Sounds good. But I was going to go to, I was going to go to, to dinner. Um, and, uh, I was very excited about it and I'm very upset. So. Yeah. Well, if you have, if you get a chance to experience brunch, it's probably the yeah. number one adult dining experience on our list. Yeah, uh, we would, yeah. we would say if you have to choose between brunch and dinner, choose brunch. But that Got that's it. just our opinion. Yeah, yeah. Got it. I'm um, a bigger like more dinner eater. That's why I chose the. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, fav- do you have a favorite onboard food uh, for the cruise? Yeah, like is there a dish that you love in rotational dining or something at the grill that you really love? Um, no, I thought all the food is excellent. So, yeah. And um, I mean, you can get Mickey bars for dessert. Yes. <laughs> even though they're not on the menu, they are not on, on the, the kids menu. menu. Yeah, they're on the kids they're, menu I, most of yeah. the time, not all the time, but yeah. they're all. You can always get them though. Yeah. Yes. I mean, they'll pretty much bring you whatever you want. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> so my my son one night wanted um a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you know, at at dinner, and nice. they they brought him a peanut butter and jelly sandwich favorite adult spot on the the ship you know that coat the cove cafe you know the coffee yes we're we very love, familiar we're obsessed with the cove cafe <laughs> it's a nice spot to sit and you know i i'm a big reader so it's a nice place to like curl up with a you know book get a you know coffee drink so. yeah that's a, actually a perfect perfect spot for that absolutely all right and this assumes you've had experience with both and you may not have, but the, but aqua duck or aqua dunk. Um, I have not been on either. I'm a humongous <laughs> chick. I'm a humongous chicken. <laughs> <laughs> do your kids, do your kids go on them? My son went on the aqua duck and he did love it. Yeah. yeah. It's really fun. The, the dunk Frank, frankly looks scary, but yeah. Um. Yeah. They were, they were like, no to that. So we're they're they're not as big of my children are not as big of chicken as I am, but like they're <laughs> kind of like uh, yeah the trap door they're like no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, last two here. Favorite Disney souvenir? What's the what's the must have thing to get when you're on a Disney vacation? I usually come home with like some something from my house. So 
whether uh, yeah. yeah so some sort of like home goods so I've come home you know with like plates and bowls aprons like I wear it like when I, I'm a big cook um so I wear my Disney apron I have like a Dole Whip like mat for my like you know front door some, something like that so, something oh, nice. something you know where um you know I, I bring it home and when I like see it in my house it reminds me of Disney that's fun, awesome. Fun. All right. The last one is just, what's your favorite Disney moment or experience? You know, probably the the first trip I did with my kids. My older son was just past two and my twins were um, six months old. So. Oh my God, you were brave. <laughs> so we, we, we took my parents with us. Okay. And it actually was, it was like, it was the most magical trip. Um, wow. You know, yeah. You know, a little, I guess, personal, like having my kids for me was not easy. Mm-hmm. So there was definitely a time where we didn't know if like bringing kids to Disney was like ever going to happen. So Aww. being able to take them and like to like my favorite place as like a child and like and listen, none of them like remember it at all. Right, right. It wasn't like they're really going on rides at that age. Yeah. You know what, though? The two year old, maybe. We, right. Yeah. He doesn't really remember it, though. But like. I have the best memories from that trip and we have the most amazing photographs. I mean, they were so, you know, cute. And like, you know, my twins, it was, it was, we went in the winter, they were summer babies. So they were so happy to like not be all bundled up, you know, they, they, they were in their shorts and their feet were bare and, Aww. and you know, like, listen, they sl- it was great. It was actually great. They slept through every meal. <laughs> 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 and and they enjoyed, like, the rides and the, so- the music and the colors and everything. And it was just, like, and that's what I always tell people, like, when they're like, oh, my kids aren't big old enough, you know, to, like, mm-hmm. go to Disney. And it's like, yeah, they, they probably, if, if you're taking kids that young, they're, they're not going to remember it. But, like, I have, like, they enjoyed it at the time. And I have mm-hmm. just the best memories from that trip. So, yeah. And I love looking at the, you know, the photos and the videos that we have from it. Yeah. And that's, that's what I've heard too, is it's sort of that, that we waited, um, until our son was what he was almost five or was he five? I can't remember if he was four or five, our first trip. He was, I think he was five, but yeah. I mean, we also had a little bit of a special consideration with traveling with him, but, True. but, but, but I've heard from a lot of people who sort of have that, like, like, what's the right age? It's sort of, well, if you take them when they're young, just understand the trip is for you, not for for them and those memories will last you so you know if they don't last it for them it's still sort of a great time to go so um yeah right Um, i mean yeah exactly like we were we were not we were we knew like that was just gonna be the first of like many trips so yeah you know we didn't care if they remembered it (laughs) yeah 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 well, as as we wrap up here, Shiro, um, you want to let folks know where they can they can find you because Sam and I are consistent in telling people we're not travel travel agents, travel planners, or even approaching a travel concierge. So, if if folks want to find you to help them plan their Disney vacation, where can they find you? Sure. So uh, they can find me on my website www.magicalmousecations.com. It's a great uh, name. Thank you. You, They can find me on Facebook. Um, Just type in Shira Zakoff with ears of experience. And I am also on Instagram, uh, which is Shira with ears of experience. Shira ears of experience. I think I think my handle is Shira ears of experience because that was the amount of letters I was allowed. (laughs) (laughs) 
And we'll, and we'll make sure to put all of this into the the notes for the show if folks want to. Yeah, my website is definitely. You know what? My website is definitely the best place to go. It has, um, you know, my Facebook page, my Instagram. Um, it has, you know, you can email me, you can message me, you can request a quote. It's the best, basically the best place to to find out, you know, more information. Awesome. Well, oh, great. Yeah, it's it's been great having you on, Shira, and and um, you know, thanks for, so much for taking the time to be on the show. Oh, thank thank you for having me. It was, it was fun. Well, we had such a fun time this evening talking with Shira about all the ways that she can help her family plan their next Disney vacation. I know in the past, I've been pretty skeptical, and I think this came up in the uh, the show itself, but I've been pretty skeptical about using a Disney travel planner, mostly because I like to you know, keep control of my vacation. And so haven't been willing to sort of give that up but after listening to Shira and hearing all of the various things that she can do for her clients to help them out with their Disney planning certainly might be changing my mind in the future so if you're interested in booking a Disney vacation definitely reach out to Shira it sounds like she has a lot of great experience and background tips and tricks and services that she can offer to uh, to help you with that effort so Thanks again for listening this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. Please also leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts. Those reviews are helpful in making the podcast more visible, and they enable us to get even more great guests on the show like Shira. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also head over to the DCL Duo channel on YouTube for even more great content. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Walt Disney Company, or the Walt Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Walt Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night.